0: Thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode three forty five of the Big Show. Some Enforcer based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another another Sunday. Here we go. Or perhaps it's probably Monday on your commute to work sitting in traffic wondering what you did wrong in life what how did you end up in this situation stay in school kids now nah, we're gonna battle through it folks it'll be all right here we go recording this Saturday night 9 uh, what's the computers at 952 p.m there you go you know what I did today foolishly got talked into Costco on a Saturday afternoon oh good times oh yeah yeah. I parked on the, on the, uh, you know, back half of the North 40 there. Oh yeah. Thought we were going to have to catch an Uber to the front door. That's how far we were. But, you know, made it there. Here we go. Um, yeah. Dropped about 400 bucks. I was going to say three, it was 300, but I I forgot about the booze part. Yeah. Cause here in Saskatchewan, at least anyway, the liquor store is like separate part of Costco. So yeah, I forgot about that. So so if anybody's hiring for a part-time job, I I, I might need one. If We end up like, oh, but Costco's got so much, man, got such good shit in there. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to start throwing, and of course, threw some Christmas stuff in there and blah, 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 and, and that pff, that wasn't even the TV. We were looking at the TVs. Oh, add in that $600 check here coming I, I, might have, I, no wonder I have to work so much. Or I have to go in tomorrow, on overtime, pay for all this nonsense. But man, it's it spends, don't it? Yeah, it's a fun place, though. I got to admit, I do enjoy a good Costco run. But you know, when you need too much of something, that's the place to go. Actually, we bought a tub of this, like cranberry jalapeno. Cream cheese dip. I was putting it on pretzels tonight, but while we were making supper, oh uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, tremendous. Ah, uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure y'all tuned in to hear my my Costco trip. Uh, we're at Dollarama today too. Yes, Tony. It was funny. Tony goes, "Oh, you should get," because I mentioned no oh, idea. It's not a job. Well, he's like, "Oh, you should go work part time at Dollarama. You you go there enough." Tony, funny enough. That was actually discussed today while we were in Dollarama. Um, we, yeah, ended up dropping 60 bucks in Dollarama, too. But I managed to, uh, that's right, hockey cards, folks. 1995 Opichi Premier Series 2. I like that they're mixing up the cards here. In the Because pa- for a while, every pack you got was like the Swedish cards from Upper Deck. But they're mixing it in. So here we go, some 95 Premier. Actually, I don't think I even have any. 1995 premiere that's how long ago man that was uh I was two years out of high school Yeah, and I kind of stopped buying cards at that point. So I don't think I actually even have any of these So i'm interested in opening those up. So just like i'm sure you are here on this audio podcast to open up hockey cards, but um, Yeah, how you guys doing? Thank you. Welcome for for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome um well, the last couple of weeks or last couple episodes have been IHL episodes. I oh, I love me some IHL hockey, um, and I completely forgot to. Well, I uploaded that best of the IHL disc, and then I sent the link to Yuka, and then I I I don't know why I erased it. I uh, yeah, but I gotta re-upload it. So I will re-upload the IHL DVD, and I will put it on my social media. So for anybody interested, you can download the link. It's uh best of the IHL 1988 to 01, and uh, some great fights on it. So I highly recommend that you download. Oh, it's it's free, man! Download it. You know, oh, it's like two hours. You'll sit, k- kick back in your big chair, and away we go. So you'll you'll dig it. But yeah, I know I said I would download that, so I will get on that for you as soon as I'm done recording here. Um, yeah, what are we gonna talk about today, kids? Well. Oh I got some uh my week on the internet. We got that Oh yeah, I should say though, uh the last two episodes with the IHL. Um the first one I did on last Wednesday um was uh the top 10 fighters of the 90s of the IHL. It was a list that was sent to me. That was a solid list. It was good actually and it was fun to talk. Like I like I said, I'm a big IHL fan. Uh so it was fun to throw out some of those names and um and after I was done, I had talked to Joe Lazito about it, and uh, I told Joe, I said, well, how about you do it? Yeah, I know, because he's an IHL guy. I said, well, why don't you do uh, your own list, because Joe's been knowing to do a list or two in the day, and uh, come on the episode, and we'll, and we'll cover it. So Joe came on the following Wednesday and gave his list, and... Um, you know, Joe, of course, just couldn't do 10. He's got to do 25. Didn't tell me he was going to do 25. He hit me with that one at, uh, 11 at night. But, uh, I want to, you know, th- I want to thank Joe again for coming on though. He's a great guest, always prepared, thorough, and, uh, it was fun. I always have fun talking to Joe anyway. So, yeah, so we went late into the night, folks, and, um and that was a fun episode and I, I know, uh, the feedback's been positive, but people have been enjoying it. So it was fun to talk about the, uh, the IHL the last couple of weeks and, uh, bring up some old names. Oh yeah. Like Topper and Steve Jiggs and Robin Bawa and, you know, Dave Marcinishan and Mark LaBelle. I mean, how can you go wrong? So. It's been a lot of fun uh, doing the IHL stuff, and it's definitely something. Um, well, I, like I said, I happen to have someone send me that list, so it just sort of happened organically. But I would like to do like an AHL one, and uh, I was talking to Jay out in Iowa. Um, I didn't realize it. Until, I don't know why I saw the logo or something, but the Southern Pro League is actually celebrating 20 years of existence, started in 04, um, this year. So it's kind of like their 20th anniversary. So I kind of, and, uh, so I was saying to Jay, I said, I'd like to go back and kind of do kind of the toughest guys in Southern pro history. I mean, you go back to old forward at first, 30, you had DeGurse and, and Luke Phillips and, you know, Bone and all those guys. And, um, and then you go forward, Seagal, Seagal and Cigar, uh, Dennis Sicard and, uh you know and then uh, as of like Ryan Divine and uh, Justin Portillo and guys like that so um it's something that i would like to uh venture down uh, and uh, and kind of do some research on and and talk to people and i think maybe i'll try to get some former players on and kind of talk about the tough guys in their era and stuff like that so and uh like i said for the 20th anniversary of the Southern Pro League i think it would be a fun fun topic and um and, and i was going to bring up like cuz it kind of got it, it kind of got mentioned in, uh, I saw in the group with the IHL stuff, but, and it's come up before when I've done different things. Um, I, you know, and maybe it's just me, but um, I always kind of enjoy, um, you know, learning about the, the new, the different leagues, the minor leagues and different years and stuff. And that's the one thing. I mean, you know, I always yell and scream about, you know, old school and all oh, this new shit sucks and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, At the same time though, I'd like to think I, well, and, and with this show, I, I guess I kind of have to, I kind of have to sort of stay in touch a little, not so much with the hockey, not with the hockey part, but like in the, in, I'm talking about in the fighting realm, um, kind of what's going on in the leagues. Not that I'm versed in like every name of every guy and every team or anything like that. Not like I used to be, but, um, You know, Jay follows the Southern Pro League, of course, being in Quad City, and he does the game. Of course, Alec being the East Coast League guy. uh, Francois and the boys out there in Quebec with the LDAH. And, uh, you know, and watching Amesbury and stuff in the Federal League. Um, You know, Justin Schmidt's there now, too. So, um, I've kind of kept my eye on the different leagues. Again, now, can I quote you every roster? No, obviously not. Um, But, I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, fighting's fighting, and uh, you know, is it the '90s or the eight? Well, of course not. But at the same time, um, I don't. It's funny, I, I guess. You know, I'm old, bitter, and yell at clouds. But for some reason, I find that I'm actually, I'm def, especially online. I'm defending a lot of these new age guys a lot. Um, you know, uh, whether it be Reeves or whoever, and or uh, in the mind, you know, um, I don't know. At the end of the day, like I said, I mean, they're still fighting and stuff. And I mean, you know, yeah, it's a different mindset and a different, uh, you know, different caliber of fighter these days or in terms of competition and, and and busyness, I guess, for lack of a better word. But um, I don't know, like. Um. 'Cause I, I had mentioned to a couple people about the Southern Pro League thing and they're like, Oh, I don't follow that league. Oh, I mean I'm not saying you gotta go buy the flow sports package and, you know, tune into every game, but I mean shit, there's some tough dudes down there. There's been some tough dudes in the past and some cool fights. I have some cool old Southern Pro League fights on my on my uh, channel. Uh, like Luke Phillips and shit those dudes threw down, man. So shit, check that stuff out. I mean, there's some good fights and it's like um, you know, I don't know, like is it does it really hurt to learn new things? I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm say who was I talking to? I kind of mentioned about Jake Doty and Alice Gallant and uh, I don't watch any of that stuff anymore. Well, okay, well you're missing out on some good fights. I mean you could put the you could put Alex Gallant fight in any era and it's a great fight, like you know, and um, now I, I will, it's not the player's fault, I mean, it's the rules, those are the rules, I mean, yeah, to what I always say, to watch two guys score off when they're wearing visors looks ridiculous, um, and I just shake my head, I mean, I feel sorry for, I feel sorry for the guys having to punch that shit, it's just like, oh, God, you know, let them pop the lids, but, eh, <clears throat> what are you gonna do, right, but, um, nah, yeah, the guy, I mean, Doty, Doty's had some great fights this year, um, you know, and last year, you like I said, you watch your Southern Pro stuff, like Ryan Devine looked great, and uh, Portillo was thrown down, and, I mean, like I said, I encourage anybody to... Uh, Amesbury, fucking beating the shit out of that kid the other night. I mean, I encourage anybody to, to you know, get, give the new guys a chance. Um, again, no one's, I, I'm not tuning in and having season ticket packages or anything, but... Um, It's funny, though, because I kind of have guys all over the place that follow the account or listen to the show or whatever. If a good fight... They know I don't watch shit, so they'll just say... I I will say, I guess that's the advantage I do have, is people send me links constantly to fights that happen. They're like, oh, you got to see this one. This was a good one. Or this was funny, or whatever. Or look at these two clowns. So I get to see lots of stuff without really actively searching for it. So, I mean, I guess I have that advantage. But at the same time... um, I guess this is, I'm going around my elbow to get to my wrist here to tell this story. But, yeah, what was I talking about? The Southern Pro League. Yeah, so I might do a 20-year Southern Pro League anniversary type show. I think that would be fun. Um, I did post in the Southern Pro League fans fight group or Facebook group. Like, oh, toughest Southern Pro League players of all time just to get, like, opinions and stuff. You know, okay. But, I mean, you know, it was interesting, some of the names. And, um, yeah, again, most of it. Younger fans, so it's kind of just like 2015 and on guys and stuff. You know, they don't they weren't around for the beginnings of it. The you know the OGs, but uh, you know, um, I I think it would be a fun little fun little deal anyway. So um, yeah, kind of doing that. And uh, I am uh, folks, I'm a bunch of beer deep, and I am rambling at this point. Yes, Tony, I know rambling. I'll have a point though. Maybe we'll see here. Cheers. First one in this hand. So, well, all right. Well, before we get going, obviously I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, over 100 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. I'm on the original content creator side, along with, as mentioned before, Jolt and Joe Lazito, the Coliseum Chronicles, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast, Terry Rydell, TR, as they are filming. Oh, so excited to swallow my beer there. Ah! As they're filming season three of Shorzy. So Terry Ryan is busy out in Sudbury along with John Morasti and Alex Penner, Weapon X. Part of the Shorzy family now. I love it. Um, I just wrapped up watching season two of Shorzy. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, fun times. Uh, it was cool to see Alex Penner get in there, have some have some dialogue as well. So that was cool. and You know, and Morasti and Terry Ryan and all the boys and... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fun little 25 minute deal. I mean, you know, is it going to be, uh, rivaling Seinfeld or Cheers for sitcom, all time sitcom supremacy? Well, no, but I mean, ah, shit for a Canadian comedy and, or, you know, and their boys are playing hockey and there's some hot chicks and, uh, yeah, what the fuck, right? I mean, it's, it's a fun little 20 minute shut off your brain, enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, so good for the boys and, um, you know, those guys are getting a payday and, uh, Hey, right on. Love it. So, definitely check out Shorezy. Yeah, some good lines and shit. Uh, check out Shorzy, and uh, season three is being filmed right now. Um, I had a little text thing with Terry Ryan the other night. Um, when uh, they wrap up uh, filming, uh, or when Terry has time, um, I'd like to actually talk to Terry about... Uh, you know, about Shorzy and how that's all going, but I'd also like, cause, well, as I'm saying this, cause I uploaded one of his fights the other night with, uh, versus Sean Thornton in the Maritime, and Sean Thornton was playing for St. John's, of course Terry was in Fredericton. Great fight. And, uh, I, and I, you know, so I put it up on, oh, I think he's got 65,000 views now in like two nights and, uh, a lot of people, got a lot of people talking and, uh, Terry had mentioned how uh, they ended up playing with each other the next year. But, uh, yeah, it was a great fight. And, um, you know, Sean Thornton, of course, went on legendary status. So um I'd like to get Terry on because I think what people forget, you know, because Terry's self deprecated, you know, whatever, first-round bust, blah, blah, blah. But um, he had some great fights when he played, man. When he was in first, you know, was he dropping guys left and right? No. But, I mean, at the same time, for a first-round pick goal scorer, Terry Ryan threw down man. He had like 35 like fearless guy he would fight everybody I mean, he's got fights with Lois and Lassard and Thornton and Odette and I mean you name it He fought him. I mean balls the size of church bells man old Ted Hitchcock could go and um Yeah, and great fights and uh so I encourage uh Well with my YouTube channel fourth line voice on YouTube I got a lot of Terry Ryan fights on there from junior and the minors and stuff. Yeah check him out He's a tough dude man great fight with Joel Terrio. Yeah so, anyway, I want to get Terry on the show to, uh, yeah, just talk kind of maybe do his five toughest, but uh, b- bullshit about Shore And I mean, and, and Terry's such a good storyteller, you know, he'll go forever. So, yeah, so hopefully we'll do that here pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, original content side with Terry Ryan. And, uh, yeah, Joe, uh, released his last episode, solo episode, uh oh, you know, but uh, just basically talking about the Islander season so far and the ups and downs and, you know, people getting mad on the island, and Matt Barzell and BMWs and parking, and Joe was everywhere in that episode, fired up. I'm telling you, but uh, so definitely check it out. But Joe's got a tr- great back catalog. You know, Strudwig, Asham, Fakota, on and on, does a tremendous job. And like I said, he was on my last last episode, and it's always fun talking to Lazito. So thorough is the name of the game with Jolt and Joe, and then of course I got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. What was his latest episode? He had some asshole on. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you want to hear my? You want to hear me some more? Oh, that's what everybody wants to hear more of me. Um, but I was on Alex' latest episode. We talked about hockey movies and documentaries, and uh, yeah, talk about a whole bunch of different stuff. So uh, talk about different movies and documentaries. So um, and again, always fun to be uh, to to talk with Alec in general, but uh, to be on his show, and of course, he's been on mine numerous times and stuff. So. Yeah, those are the last those that those are the last latest episodes with those cats. So, um and if you happen to be on the YouTube's as they say, as I said, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube we have over 2000 videos, all different leagues. Uh subscribe to the channel, please if you're watching a video from that channel uh, and you're enjoying it, hit the thumbs up button. YouTube loves that shit. They love the interactions. Um so that would be really cool. Again, Alec 5 for Fighting Podcast, he has a YouTube channel named that. Uh, D, my boy Jay out in Iowa, D, skunk, D like the letter skunk like the animal, D skunk, um. He uploads Southern Pro stuff, but basically, I should say he just up he uploads basically Quad City hockey stuff. So he has the old Quad City Flame stuff from the American League up there. He's got old uh, Mallard stuff. Like he he goes back, man, a decade or so. And, you know, like McIntyre, Little John, Jonathan Hammer, Trombley. Like he's got some cool shit on his channel. So again, subscribe to his channel and go and go do the deep dive. Great stuff, like good old minor league stuff that you're not. He's the only guy that's got it. It's, it's not like it's readily available. So definitely uh, check his channel out as well. So there we go. There are the plugs. And download. If you're listening to my podcast, Joe's, whoever's podcast you happen to listen to, download, don't stream. That's how we get paid. And uh, and I can always say, I know it's a PSA and I beat a dead horse, but I have to say it because the reviews ain't coming. But for those folks listening to the show, not only mine, but for any podcast that you listen to, you're going to iTunes to hit play or to the Apple to hit play anyway. Right above it is the star rating. Rank the show, rate it. It helps us in the algorithms. It helps us, like, like I said, Spotify, iTunes. They love that shit. Uh, so if you could rate the show, it would be greatly appreciated. Any podcast that you're listening to, rate it. It helps as a creator. It helps us out. It's the little things you can do as listeners. That's all we're asking. You don't have to pay for this. We're giving you free content. I'm giving you free content twice a week. The the least, could you just, that's all I'm asking from you is download the episode and rate it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. After that, we're good. No, any, and like I always say, any any show, any podcast that you enjoy or any YouTube show that you're watching or clip that you watch that you enjoy, hit the, rate it, thumbs up. Because like I said, on social media, that's the algorithm. That's what gets the engagement. That's what the uh, those companies like. And that's what helps out the creators. So if you could do that, I would be greatly appreciated. I would greatly appreciate that. And again, not only mine, but for any show that you're listening to. Uh, I, I'm speaking for all creators here. I'll take it upon myself. Um. Alright well what are we going to do first here Like I said well we got my uh, Oh yeah What was I Did I even say what we were doing I don't know I'm rambling and This is just utter nonsense at 10-15 at night um, Where's my list here Here we go uh, Well we got hockey cards we got those We got my week on the internet I'm going to talk about here um, Oh yes I have a list Oh Tim just perked up What list who hi what this is really going to get him, really get his attention. The top 15 worst Philadelphia Flyers players ever. Uh-oh. By the Sportster. We'll, we'll, we'll deep dive. I haven't looked at the list. I haven't looked at it. I don't know what's on it. Someone sent it to me, said, I know you get lots of Flyer listeners. This might fire him up. So, all right. Here we go. I'm, I might, I might create a road rage incident here. We'll see. But that'll be, that, that's the grand finale. We gotta bring the list. This is where, this is where Tim fast forwards everything. He hasn't, he hasn't listened to the middle of my show in two years. He just goes right to the list at the end. Should I time, somebody told me I should timestamp my shit. I said, how much time do you think I got? I am slapping this shit together and I, you're lucky I even uploaded it on time. I barely uploaded on time actually now that I'm saying this. Uh, yeah, I should timestamp it. Oh, sure. What else do you want me to do? Fucking put a broom up my ass and sweep up too? Maybe pop the corn while I'm at it? Come on, man. You could fast forward, figure it out. What do I do? Should I do the cards first or should I do the net? Yeah, we'll do the cards first and then I'll... No, here... Yeah, I'll do that first. Then I'll fucking yell at people. Here we go. We're, uh... Jay was just making fun of me tonight when I always say that. Yes, we're going to open cards on an audio podcast. It would probably work better if I had a YouTube show, but someday maybe, folks. We'll see. Podcasting's enough so far. Here we go. What do we got? Nelson Emerson from Winnipeg. William wants that one already. Oh, there we go. The Russian Rocket, Pavel Bure. Not bad. Michael Renberg, Legion of Doom. Glenn Wesley for the Hartford Whalers. Who's this? Oleg Chevardovsky. There you go. The Anaheim Mighty Ducks Vladimir Malakoff for the Islanders. I should put that aside for Joe. Oh There we go Luke Richardson. I love it. Lucky Luke. He'll go over here. That's a tough guy pile over there Yves Racine Martin Brodeur, that's not bad pretty good Oh, come on Michael Renberg again. Come on. We're doubling up on the packs Derek plant Jason Cullimore, who is that, oh Todd Simon, and Chris Grattan. I like Chris Grattan actually, Powerful, kind of, somewhat of a power forward, had a hell of a career actually, well that's one pack, let's open up the second pack. I'm I'm looking at these cards. I I literally don't know if I've ever actually see, what it was 1995 Series 2 Premiere OPG Premiere. I don't know if I've ever actually laid eyes on these cards before. Um Yeah, I'm not uh, I don't remember this design or anything. Hmm. Opening them up. Here we go. Oh, Paul Korea. Here we go. Little Hall of Famer to start right on the top. Jamie Store. Tools of the game. Steve Larmer. Steve Larmer, hell of a player. Underrated, I'll tell you, I'll put that over there. I don't know these. Oh, Garth Butcher. I always forget he played for the Leafs. There we go. He'll go. Oh, goddamn, Peter Klima. Of course I get Klima. Although this, is, this doesn't really work because he's playing in Tampa Bay and he's wearing a normal helmet. So that's that's no that's no good. Oh, the classic checklist. That's what every kid wanted in his hockey card pack. Out of the fourteen cards, you definitely want to get a checklist in there. Oh yeah, Dmitri Kristich, mm, solid player actually. Oh, Vladimir Konstantinov, man, what a physical presence. What a sad, sad what happened. But man, yeah, could he bang? Oh, and one on on Sega Genesis, one of the biggest. Uh, Biggest hitters in Sega Genesis. Oh, Kirk McLean. I should put this aside for Tony. Yeah, Tony would have this framed, I'm telling you. Steve Conroy. Oh, yammer. Yammy. Yammy-yager. Sean McEachern. And Bobby Rouse. There you go. Good old Bobby Rouse. You know, that's what I would say with hockey. Hockey needs more Bobby Rouses. Yeah, that salty, cranky old blue liner. Yep, yeah, 179, yeah, one fifty, one seventy nine, one sixty eight, one twenty four, one twenty three, one thirty. Yeah, seven hundred eighteen games, twelve hundred minutes. Um, love it. I'm gonna put Rouse over in this pile with Garth Butcher and shit. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in my tough guy piles. Here we go. There we go. These guys, sorry boys, hit the garbage. But I like that. That was fun. Uh, I'm sure, as the uh, as listeners, that was just a well, just a roller coaster ride of emotions there. Uh, well, let's, speaking of roller coaster uh, ride of emotions, let's get to my week on the internet, shall we? You know what's funny? I'm I'm sitting here. I'm looking. I kind of hit pause for a sec. Grab my drink. I'm looking at my list here. Oh, who's texting me? Oh there you go. Can you hear this guy, Tim? Yeah, sending me text messages. Yeah, I said, I'm just, I'm just oh, he's kicking in, he's drinking, he's got edibles going, he's watching 60s and 70s fights. There you go. Yeah, that's that's Tim Tim's Saturday night. Oh, I got Jay from, oh, look at, I got all, and I got Jay, uh, Iowa texting me too. Oh yeah, I got all the characters on my phone here. Holy shit. That's why you turn, turn shit off here. Man, oh man. Anyway. My week on the internet. Here we go. Um... Well, what, what should, we, what should we do first? Actually, you know what I need, I need to mention to you guys, um, that, oh, Tim's fired up. I'm getting messages left and right here, folks. There we go. Um, I was going to mention, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, but my brother-in-law Dave, uh, he's a trained chef over the years. Uh, not that he practiced, well, he barbecues and does all that shit now. Um, he actually came up, he's been working on this for a while, um, you know, uh, Caesars, uh, or the Americans called Bloody Marys, um, you know, the rimmer, the salt shit that they put around the r- the rimmer, I guess is what you call it, whatever, um, he has actually come up with his own, and he's, he's calling it the Edge, Edge Rimmer, uh, and he was kind of mentioning it, all of a sudden he put it on Facebook, I had put it up, I have it up on my social media, I have a bunch of pictures of it and stuff. Oh shit, he went, like I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna, he's, he's gonna sell it around town at Christmas time. That's kind of what I thought. So he put it in some sandwich bags with a sticker on it or something, you know, and his little phone number. Holy shit, he's got like professional packaging, reseal. like this shit looks like it came right, it like, it belongs on a shelf at Walmart. And I was like, holy shit, this looks good. And he is killing it. Like he is selling out and shit. Like ton of people are buying it and stuff. He's 10 bucks a bag and, um, I'm, I'm I'm just really proud of him. I was like, "Holy shit, man!" He's been, I know he's worked. Well, I didn't know he told he's told us all. Oh, I been I think he might have mentioned it to me a long time ago. But and I and it was just it was an opportunity. He's going to drink some Caesars, so you know. But in the meantime, uh, he's going to try to make some rimmer, and uh, he's been working on it for a while, and he just put it out, and it's on my social media. And uh, so, if anybody listening out there, if you're a big Caesar fan or a Bloody Mary fan, and you like the the, the Rimmer stuff, or you want to try something different, uh, let's look, hey, support local, right? Although I guess if you're not here, it's not really supporting local, but you know what I mean. Uh, I would, the, Darren at the fourth line voice wouldn't lead you astray. Um, I could tell you now, uh, to be completely, I'm not a Caesar guy. I don't like drinking Caesars. I don't like tomato juice and that shit. So, but I could tell you, my wife is at it, says so it's very good. Um, I know a bunch of people have tried it. They really enjoy it. And I know, believe me, being the fat kid, I've eaten the brother-in-law's barbecue many times. And he's into the, you know, he buries meat and shit and brings it up. And he's got slow cookers and beef jerky and rubs and barbecue sauce. He's into that shit, man. Like I said, trained chef. I mean, you eat, you eat any part, any any of his food. Like I said, you're, you'll get knocked out. But your tongue will be knocking you out, hitting the roof of your mouth. Um, so if he made this and he's putting it out there in packaging and, uh, and selling it and putting his name on it, I can guarantee you it's good. So, um, if anybody out there is interested in Rimmer for your glass for, hey, make a good stocking stuffer. It's a unique gift. It's 10 bucks, resealable bag. It's called Edge Rimmer for Caesars and Bloody Marys. Get a hold of me on, on social media. Uh, my DMs are open as the kids say, or if you're not on social media, hockeyfights at hotmail.com and I will lead you in the right direction and we will get that out to you. So my brother-in-law Dave has made, uh, some Caesar Rimmer and, uh, well done, sir. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you and I know you put a lot of effort into it and, uh, packaging looks great and I'm, I'm glad you're killing it. That's cool, man. So hey, There you go. There, there, there's my sponsor. I always do the DraftKings stuff and everything, but this one, this sponsor, oh, he's not sponsoring it, but I'm going to talk about this product because this, this hits close to home. So I'm, I'm happy that's out there. So yeah. And I know lots of people out there in my listening audience. I'm sure you drink Caesars and Bloody Marys. So there you go. Help a, help a local Saskatchewan farmer, Langham farmer out. There you go. My boy Dave, my brother-in-law Dave. Doing great work out here So I should have brought that up at the start, of the start of the show I'm looking at my notes, I just see on the side Dave's Rimmer, yeah, so Um But yes, um I'm trying to, my week on the internet, I got I guess I gotta get in that violent mood here And start yelling and screaming at people Um Well, oh, and I get Well, here, my show's just all over the place Here, now we got enforcer signings Kyle Newber is back With he. uh I don't know, he must have hemmed and hot about if he's going to retire or not. He's been out, but he's back now. He re-signed the Florida Everblade, so I'm sure they're back. You know, uh, long-time long Everblade player. Kyle Newber and Nico Blatchman. <coughs> Unfortunately released by Kalamazoo in the East Coast League. And he has ended up in Laval playing in the LNAH. And uh, uh, two fights and two games. Scored last night. And, uh, got into it a little bit with Brashear and them, and, uh, he's, he's looking good, apparently. The folks in Laval are happy with him. Oh, I'm like, oh, you'll dig him in Laval, man. And, um, he is, he might not want to admit it, but he is custom made for the LNAH, the way he runs around, and he won't have any problem finding a dance partner, so... Um, you know, I know a lot of people would rather see Nico in the East Coast League and, and obviously I'm sure he would, he, obviously he'd rather be in the East Coast League as well. But, uh, you know, unfortunately that didn't work out as of right now. So, uh, he is down in Laval and, uh, and he was able to play there because he played in the Quebec Junior League. So, uh, yeah. So in the meantime, he'll be exciting the French folks out there in Quebec. So those are your two, uh, enforcer signings. Um, as far as my week on the internet goes, um yeah, it it was kind of, um well, like even Nico, When, it, when I know Alec kind of broke, because Nico's his boy, right? They talk all the time, and Alec kind of broke the news that he was going to Laval, and yeah, you just see some of the, con- oh, God, got rid of him. It's like, okay, so you're happy that toughness is leaving? Like, mm-hmm, I guess, you know, like, I uh, people are just, uh, and then, ah, uh, he's useless going, and, and like again, you don't even know what a goon is. Believe me, you don't know what a goon is. If you think Nico Blatchman's a goon, he like, just sounds so stupid. But I just laugh. Like, it, like even uh, it's you know, it's like all these guys. It was like, well, it was like what I was saying a couple of weeks back with Reeves and all these Leaf fans I want to get rid of him. I'm like, okay, for who? Who's gonna play on the left wing on your fourth line for six six to eight minutes a game? Like, are you going to bring up the leading scorer from the minors because that's how that works? Like, this isn't Sega, or uh, I guess I just dated myself with that reference. This isn't PlayStation or Xbox, you know, in your NHL 23 season. You know, like, yeah, okay, so Blatchman leaving the East Coast League is good for who? Like, who's going to replace him on the fourth? Like, what excitement's going to replace him on the fourth line? Oh, you're going to put some kid from college up there that he'll score... Five goals. Oh, well, they're going to the finals now. Yeah. So you'll get some guy that'll put up maybe 10 points, maybe fight once, kind of hit, maybe not. Or do you want a guy that'll run around, cause shit, drop the gloves without a moment's notice and put in the odd goal? Uh, no. Oh, God. Don't want that, that goonery in the league. No, I'd, I'd much rather have, you know, whatever Thurston from the division two you know, he'll, he'll score four goals for us, for us, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what everybody wants, yeah, I mean, you know, and like I said, and this is, if this was on so, like, regular social media, and whatever, I, you know, and it's, you know, whatever, Kalamazoo girl 18 saying this, is like, okay, whatever, this is in fucking fight groups, and idiots are saying this shit. He can't really skate. Oh, okay, like yeah. Okay, thanks. Their tips, you know. But yeah, this is fight group guys shitting on Reeves, shitting on Blatchford, shitting on these guys. Well, I'm glad he's out of the league. I'm glad he's not on our team. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're a Florida Panther fan. You're really enjoying that one fight this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's odd. Oh, that's the other one. Oh, I see Truba drilled some guy from New Jersey tonight with his head down. Yeah, no fight though. Didn't, don't they always fight after hits though? That's what I'm told. Uh, just look at, like I said, uh, I, I put on social media tonight. The Nashville Predators are second in hits per game, uh, this year, and they have a grand total of two fights as a team. There we go. Now, you're going to ask me, Darren, who's number one? I will say, of all teams, it surprised me, the Toronto Maple Leafs actually lead in hits per game, and the Leafs actually have eight fights this year. So Ryan Reeves must be wearing off on them a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Nashville second, and with a grand total of two fights. Uh, yeah, right now, looking at the league, the Rangers, St. Louis, and Florida have one fight. Uh, the Islanders, New Jersey... Uh, Nashville, Colorado, Boston, and Pittsburgh have two. Oh, and Calgary have two fights. And Detroit, Carolina, Buffalo, uh, Washington, and uh, oh, Washington with uh, an Ovechkin power for it. I can't believe it. And Columbus have a grand total of three fights. <clears throat> so nobody must be getting hit or throwing hits on those teams. Cause if they did, oh boy, there'd be fights left and right. Who is actually, I wrote them all down. Who's actually leading the league in fights? Uh, Anaheim and Winnipeg and Tampa Bay, <coughs> of all teams, have eight each. Oh, the goonery. Yeah. So that's where we're at, folks. But yes, let's keep complaining about them fighting after all those fights after hits. Let's just keep doing that. Oh, and the league leader in hits individually is Keegan. I believe his name is Keegan Colazar for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He leads the league in hits. And he has three fights, so there we go. I believe he has a hundred and some hits, hundred hits, something like that. I know I I did say that he actually got the shit smacked out of him by Dylan McElrath the other night. McElrath was up with Washington, which was cool to see, man. I'd love to I'd love to see that guy stick around and make some NHL money for a while. I know he's a first round pick with the Rangers and up and down and whatever. But I know he's been in Hershey for. I think he was the captain in Hershey for a while. But tough kid out from the Western League. And, you know, just, again, well remember when I was about Bobby Rouse? Yeah, just one of those salty blue liners, big bastard. Watching that game, he hit some Vegas guy, went right through him. And then after he knocked that guy down, he basically grabbed Colazar as he went through the guy and beat him up too. Like, man, Um yeah, hopefully he sticks with Washington. I'd love to see McElrath stick with Washington. But, uh yeah, I love that one. We're going to get rid of these goons. Oh, yeah. And you're in a fight group. I think you took a wrong wrong turn here. Um, oh, yeah, well, I was going to say, speaking of the devils. Um, of course, uh, Chris Knoblock, the new coach of the Edmonton Oilers, um, played in the Western Hockey League back in the day. And uh, um, he, had a, he played with the Islanders briefly in the preseason. <laughs> and I have a picture of him fighting a New Jersey Devil. But on the, but it's a preseason game and the New Jersey Devil guy, you, you, all you can see is this, it's a square off pitcher and the only you only can see is his back and he's number 60 and you can't see the name on the jersey. I knew who it was, so I put the picture up on the internet. I'm like, can anybody, here's the new coach, Chris Knoblock dropping gloves at the Islanders back in 97 or whatever the hell year was. Uh, can anybody, you know, identify the New Jersey Devil? That people were saying, oh, it's Skurlak, and somebody said Troy Crowder for some reason. But Skurlak Crowder, or Eric Bertrand was a guest. I can't remember the other guesses. and it was actually Scott Parker. And I if, for those that don't know, Scott Parker was originally drafted by the New Jersey Devils. He never signed with them, and he went back in the draft. He got picked in the third round by New Jersey, and then two years later got picked in the first round by Colorado, and he went back in the draft, and then ended up you know playing there and winning a cup, and it was a very good move on his part. But at the time, he was drafted in the third round by New Jersey, and never just never came up signed with him. But he did play in their rookie camps and uh, and then the rookie games because I, if, again, my YouTube channel fourth line voice on YouTube. Um, I have a bunch of his fights with New Jersey on there. He fights Jason Hamilton, Eric uh, or Aaron Downey. Uh, he gets into a stick swinging fight with somebody. I don't have the knoblock fight, but somebody it is on YouTube. Um, anyway. So I put in the fight group. Oh, can anybody name the Mystery Devil? So all these people are guessing. And I finally say, and a bunch of people say, oh, it's Scott Parker. And the one guy puts, yeah, it's Scott Parker. And it's, (laughs) oh, Buddy the Scout has to jump in. Uh, I, I realized that he got drafted in the third round, but he never signed for the, with them. And if you don't sign with a team, you are ineligible to play games. So there's no way that that could be Scott Parker. Blah, 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 blah. This guy's rambling on and on. So I just typed back. I just replied to him. It's Parker. Well, sir, it isn't. I can tell you that now. And this guy's just going, and I, I was funny because I sent a screenshot to a few people. I said, I just love the confidence in which some of these buffoons Flap their lips Like why would I Like I just out of the blue I decided to say it was Scott Parker Why would I do that Like if I'm going to post the picture up And I write who it is Why would I, I And I do a Guess the devil Do you think I just picked the name out of my ass Like Why would I do that Now Well as I'm saying this now I guess Social media people talk out of their ass constantly Sorry, okay, you got me on that one But the realization hit me as I'm saying it Yeah, there's so many dumb fucks on the internet It's like, wow well. But, again, I, I maybe I've given myself too much I'd like, Yeah, if I'm going to write something and say that's who it is That's the fuck it is But yeah, if, oh, I'm just telling you you can't, If you don't sign, you can't play it blah, blah. Oh yeah, this guy, the big long... Fucking legal, yo, know, he knew all the, he, this is the real legal eagle. He knew all about contracts and oh, look at this. We got the next big, Jerry Maguire here telling us how it works. And somebody goes, uh, yeah, and then they put up the video of the fight. Oh. So instead of course saying, oh, my, my mistake or sorry or oh, that's cool or whatever. No, nothing, just Yeah, just 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 dying. You just couldn't wait to get in there and flap your lips and tell us all about how it's not Scott Parker and oh I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're smoking and all. Okay, like I don't. I don't. What did he say? I don't know where you're getting Parker from because it's not him. Oh, okay. Uh, Who is it then? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, it's just these little things. And then, um, well, I will say, uh, th- this, this one got me a little bit of heat. Um, uh, this one, uh, yeah. There was an article that came up. It was, somebody had put it up and it kind of went around the fight groups. It was a Tony Twist, uh, quote and story about when he ended up fighting Frank Lois when, when Frank was playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, um it was written by the the sources the athletic and they quote tony to i don't know when he when this article was or whatever um but here it, okay the intimidation factor was real too we went to toronto one year and pat burns brought this guy up named frank bylows from the miners it's all over the paper that that the fight card has been set. So in the morning skate, I go over to their bench. I've got no shirt on. I'm taping my stick on their bench. I'm drinking their water. Nobody said a word. I fought Frank that night, and he didn't last long in the NHL. Tony Twist. Um, <clears throat> so of course, this got everybody kind of talking and 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 uh, and and everything. Um, first of all, I will say, uh, who. Kn- is there, like I said, is there a video of Twist saying this or like, I don't, I'm not saying he didn't say it, but I'm not saying he did say it. He might've said something like that. Um, who knows nowadays with the news and everything else, um, you know, whatever. I know Twist does like, cause I have the video up again, my YouTube channel, fourth line voice. Um, I do have a video of him talking about be, uh, his, his, uh, mentality as an enforcer and stuff. And he, he gets a little odd trying to kill people. Well, you got to listen to it, whatever. Now, and I'm sure some of it is obviously, you know, you're, you're trying to get attention or, you know, you're trying to make the story, you know, spice it up a little bit, which I'm sure he might was trying to do in this. Um, if this quote is accurate, um, I get what he's trying to do. You're just trying to tell a story and, you know, whatever. Um at the same time, it, it was pretty disrespectful to buy a Lois. Um, now granted, Twist didn't say, Oh, I kicked his ass or whatever, but it sort of implied he didn't last long. And you know, we fought, he didn't last long. So it's, he's sort of implying, maybe I'm taking liberties with that, but he's kind of implying that he beat him up and he never heard from him again. In fact, the fight was actually, a, you know, they go back and it, Twist certainly did not beat. By Lois, they go back... I mean, it's not the greatest fight in the world, but they both land some shots and whatever. And it turns out, because, well... By Lois responded to this co- to these comments um in the fight group. But a, a bunch of people are are commenting and stuff. And, of course, they're... Well, I don't know if was trouble because Frank kicked his ass and stuff. He didn't. But I would... Like, By Lois is right there with him, punch for punch. It was... They both gave a couple, both took a few. It wasn't like it was some big ass kicking. But I think, of course, you got your Frank Bailoa's fans and guys that don't like Twist or whatever. So they're all, Frankie kicked his ass. What's Twist talking about? Twist was only good because of roids and stuff, which, okay. You know, just all that bullshit. And I basically replied that all these guys yelling about Frank kicking his ass, you're as delusional as Twist is with that quote. I, I, I something like that I said and even John Morasty replied to me He goes well he didn't lose the fight and I'm like well I'm not saying he did he didn't I'm not talking to him I'm not talking about that I'm basically talking about these delusional fight fans that are twist is only like good because of roids and bubble you know and all this stupid talk and oh that's when only would I'm like the one guy goes twist only was good when he got on roids I'm like no twist was good from right from junior on twist was good I don't know what you're talking about but. Whatever. And Twist wasn't the only one on Roids, I could tell you that. No, I'm not implying Frank was, I'm just saying in general, you know, if you think Twist was the only one, yeah, okay, I got a bridge to sell you too. Um but no, it was just a bunch of stupid talk. So I kinda commented, I worded my comment poorly, I'll put it that, put it that way. And I'm sure it pissed Bialoas off, cause he commented on it, and it was like, he wasn't motherfucking me or anything, but it was like, yeah, I, I felt like a fucking schmuck after, cause I didn't mean it as a shot at Frank at all. I'm a Bia fan too. Well, on the top of it, all off, I was, I was talking to a guy, Dante, thank you. And I've, I've talked to Bia before about coming on my show. And then here I am, shit talk, well, perceived shit talking on a message board. I wasn't, I, I didn't mean it at all. I, like I said, I worded it poorly. And I did take the comment down. Uh, again, I was just taking shots at these delusional fight fans that are on these groups. Um, I did send a private message to, and Lois commented, and he, whatever, but he did say this is completely fictional. This never happened because he said if anybody had sat on our bench and done what Twist did, he goes, I would have fucking lost my mind and tried to kill him. So the fact that he talking like, oh, uh, nobody did anything. Now he's telling bullshit. So, or not when I was there, that this didn't happen. Not, that maybe Twist did do that in Toronto, but it wasn't when Bialoas was playing there. Um And I completely believe Frank's, well, Frank the animal Bialoas. Yeah, it, just up from the minors. He's going to let that happen? No. So I uh, completely, yeah. But anyway, I yeah, I felt like such an ass. I'm like, oh shit. So yeah, I sent a private message to Frank and I'm like, yeah, sorry. I worded my comment poorly and I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. I wasn't, ...trying to knock you at all and blah, blah, blah... So we're cool. He's, he replied and he's like, oh it's fine, whatever. And he goes, yeah, I was just kind of commenting that that didn't happen... ...that was a bullshit story and whatever. And I said, yeah, and, and we kind of went back and forth. But, you know, so I was just basically saying in general... ...like, okay, everybody dial down the, you know... ...the twist hate and whatever. Um, and Frank certainly didn't kick Twist's ass... and ...nor did Twist beat on Frank... But uh yeah but yeah that was my uh yeah nothing like yeah uh late on a, on a Thursday night pissing off Frank Boyleos that's always a good good call yeah oh. so i don't know why he would be but frank if you happen to be listening to this again my apologies it's not what i meant um yeah i was shitting on the fight fans um yeah yeah, I, I'll, I'll stop rambling here. Let's get into this list. Um, oh, one last thing I will bring this up and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on it briefly here. Um, but for no other reason that I had a, I won't say any names or anything. It doesn't, it's not pertaining to the story at all, but <clears throat> I have touched on it earlier about the Adam Johnson, uh, Matt Petgrave. Incident in the UK where you got his throat sliced and everything else. I did talk about it Um, of course it's been all over the internet that the UK the police there have charged Petgrave with manslaughter charges Um, although that's more just to they need to talk to him and stuff Uh, you know, I like I don't you know, we're not talking all of a sudden he's getting shipped up river for five to ten or anything so, you know, um So i'm i'm not going to go in and talk about that incident. Um I've already talked about it, not that what my feelings were on it, just that it happened, and it was, yeah, it's a tragedy, and it was terrible, and I'm not going to get into the whole, did he mean to, did he charge him, blah, 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 I'm not going to get into all that, um, the reason I bring this up is, a few people have talked to me about it, um, and I had an ex-player reach out, and he said he wanted to come on the show, and talk about it, and, um, I thought about it. I've had this guy on my sh- uh my show before. Um but I I basically just got back to him. Uh and and it, maybe it's me being over dramatic or whatever. Um I cuz I don't know what his stance is on it. We didn't get into what he wanted to talk about or what side of the fence he's on in terms of this discussion. Uh we didn't even get that far. Um but um He's a polarizing figure himself and, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but I, I basically just said, uh, in today's world with legal ramifications, if you come on shows and slander and blah, 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 and I'm on a network now, um, I'm not saying that this would happen or I'm making a bigger deal out of my show than it is, but just in today's world with people getting sued and everything else and all that stuff, Um, and again, I don't know what his position was or what he was going to say. Um, it was just a road I didn't want to travel down. Um, so I'm telling you, know, I told him this already, but it's, um, yeah. And I said, and again, I'm a hockey fight show, not a hockey news show. So it's probably not something that my listeners, that's not that they don't care. That's not the right word, but it's just, it's not my wheelhouse and whatever. And I just, I just didn't feel comfortable covering the story or giving someone the platform for it uh, to talk about it. So, um, it's just a sad situation all around. And, uh, um, just to, from here on out going, going forward outside, if there's a verdict or something like that, I might, I'll mention it, but in terms of my opinion or getting other people's opinions on the matter or whatever, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. So, uh, yeah, that is where I'm at with the, uh, with the UK incident and, uh, Going forward, that, that well, that'll be the last, and I shouldn't say that, it's going to be the last I talk about it, but I'm not getting into it. We'll put it that way. I'm not devoting a lot of time to it, so. But I know I had a few people ask. I had this ex-player talk to me about it, so I'm just putting that out there right now that, no, I am not going to be talking. Let other shows, if they want to talk about it and rant and rave about it or whatever, or have discussions and or whatever, they can do that. I am not going to, so I don't feel comfortable doing that, so. Moving on, um, yeah. well, Last but not least, oh, you know what your pet peeves and everything else? Can we stop say, can we, Whoever came up with the thing with the he's the goat? Can we find this person and beat him with a sack of hammers? I hate that. Say, every the goat, he's the goat. Everybody's the fucking goat. Can we stop with this goat shit already? Like, oh, I, I mean, who am I talking to? But I'm just yelling out the wind and the wind, but. Oh, my God. Just enough already. Yeah, everybody's the bloody goat. Oh, the goat, the goat. Oh, God. Anyway. How's the episode so far? What? Are, holy shit, we're at 54 minutes. Have I even said anything? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll do some sponsor stuff. Um, and then let's get into this list. Shall we? Here we go. And now here's a word from our sponsor. The NFL season is going strong and DraftKings sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. Yeah, guys, crazy season so far. Backups are now playing the backups and uh what what a what a wild season this this year has been. Uh, get in on all the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN. New customers could score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit gambler. dot net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply and now back to your regularly scheduled program all right here we go we're at the, the top of the hour here and uh, we're gonna do the list I just told Tim what the list is I, I, I'm sure we'll hear we'll hear my phone <laughs> ding here shortly but uh, yes the top 15 worst Philadelphia Flyers players ever. By the Sportster, written this is what is this? November twenty eighth, twenty sixteen by George uh Menix. Alright. Um Alright. Uh and again, as I always say with these lists, I have not looked at the list. I am discovering them with you the listeners. So we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this together. So here we go. Okay. Lindros, Clark, and Reckie. These are just some of the NHL Hall of Famers that have graced Philadelphia since they joined the league in 67. They were the first team in the post-expansion era to win the Stanley Cup, boasting two championship wins. Since the start of the franchise, with the Blues reaching the final three years in a row following the 67 expansion, the Flyers finished the job, winning the Cup in 74 and 75. Over the years, the Flyers have given us some incredible teams, but some incredibly violent teams. Having played on Broad Street in Philadelphia, the team nicknamed the Broad Street Bullies in the 70s to represent the tough, gritty hockey uh, they used to play and still play to this day. Uh, The team was so vicious, in fact, that their rough play even intimidated the mighty Red Army in the 1976 Exhibition game the Flyers dominated the Soviets outshooting them 49 to 13 cruising to a 4-1 victory the physical style would define the franchise's style throughout it. The, this physical style would define the franchise's style throughout its history this, this article definitely doesn't show the glorious years of the Flyers, but instead breaks down some of the worst players in the history of the franchise, which will be celebrating its 40th anniversary next year. So take a look below at who the sportster believes are the 15 worst Flyers in their history. Exclamation mark. Exclamation mark. Okay. What did we say this was? This is in 2016. All right, folks. Well, let's get into it here. Ah, uh, the worst Flyers. The 15 worst. Now just so just i already got frank mad at me here just so any of the flyers that might be listening to this i this isn't my list again this is uh george menix's list so the sports they' go get yelling at them um now i will say before we get going <coughs> and it's come up um a couple times when when i uh when i do my you know the 10 rapid fire questions with the guys and stuff i always say like oh who's your favorite and who do you hate but nobody, no one's hating anybody or who the worst, who the they're a fan of a certain team will be. Who was your team's worst enforcer? It's meant tongue in cheek, grain of salt kind of thing. I would certainly not sit here, we're just having some fun and we're talking. Um, like whatever, whoever happens to be on this list, I am not taking personal shots at them and be, oh, yeah, no, he sucks. Like, no, I wouldn't do that. This is all sort of. Well, clearly this guy writing the article, I mean, whatever he's doing with this article. But um, as far as the show goes, I've always said with this show, it's to celebrate the player. And I would never shit talk a professional athlete um, or an elite level athlete because, again, who am I? Um, in fact, I can't stand people that do this. George mannick I I can't stand people that do this shit. Um, I guess at the same time, it's like, well, you're giving his show. You're giving his article the platform and doing it. Yeah, I, I guess what I, what I'm doing with these art, with these lists, when it's the worst lists or whatever, I think it's basically I'm trying to highlight the stupidity of it. Um, you know, take the piss out of the list is what I'm basically doing is, or that's what my goal is anyway. It's not like I'm agree. Oh yeah. No, I agree. These guys are the shits. Like, no, um, uh, most of the time it's, um, uh, these lists are written by these pompous, arrogant, douchebags and it's like who are you to be well like I said with the hockey news list there that we did during in air quotes enforcer week this summer those are pathetic and that's like that's kind of the point of doing these is to highlight the stupidity of it I'm kind of thinking the folks you guys listening are kind of in on the gag I kind of I don't really know why I'm clarifying this but every once in a while we got a new folk we got some new folks come in the back door and uh they're looking around, and so I'm just kind of laying out the groundwork of what's happening here. So, anyway, let's get into this list, shall we? <clears throat> Number 15. Oh, there we go. Hot start. Number 15, uh, Dave Brown. Oh, here we go. Brown's a right winger. Played a total of 14 NHL seasons the Flyers, Oilers, and Sharks. He's still a big part of the NHL today and remains with the Flyers uh, as the head of pro scouting. Brown is truly... Brown was never truly used for his offensive prowess, as his numbers could certainly tell you. Was more commonly known as an enforcer, although having an enforcer on your team was useful back then. His usefulness in this NHL would have been very meager. His usefulness in this NHL would have been very meager. Uh All right, well, he's not playing in this decade, so why would it matter? Uh Oh, it's more. Okay, Brown's career didn't include many highlights as he received one of the stiffest suspensions ever given with cross-check Thomas Sandstrom in the face, breaking his jaw, receive 15 games. One thing Brown managed, Brown managed to do, however, was get his name on the Stanley Cup playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, wow there we go. You take the piss out of Dave Brown right away. Uh, one of the best enforcers of all time, one of the best fighters of all time, but I like how he points out his usefulness in today's NHL would be very meager. Oh, all right. Well, he's not playing in today's NHL, but okay. Thanks there. Who, do, who the hell's writing this again? George. Okay. Thanks, George. Um, uh, Okay. Actually, Brown had a 12 goal season and shit. He actually was. If you actually let him play a little bit, he actually wasn't that bad. But yeah, okay. Number 14. Oh, jeez. Uh, <clears throat> Craig Berube. Is this list just going to be all t- I bet you this list is just all tough guys. Uh, another enforcer to make the list, Craig Brubey, who had a stint with the Flyers from eighty-six to 91 One of the toughest players in the league in massing a total of 3,100 penalty minutes in his career, which was good for 7th all-time. The winger really couldn't do much more than that, however. Originally signed with the Flyers 86 after going undrafted, made his NHL debut, coming in with a banger in two fights in 16 minutes and a 3-1 Flyer win in 1989. Bruby really cemented his spot on the fourth line being traded to the Oilers in the offseason following the 90-91 season. Although he would lead the league in pims for two seasons with the Flyers, which is not necessarily a good thing. His offensive numbers were nowhere as high, earning 54 points in 323 games with the team. Um, yeah, but he's pretty busy fighting and sticking up for people. Brubee um, actually, he knew his role um, and... Thrived under it in Philadelphia. I mean, that's how he became an NHL regular. But he, you don't play a thousand games and in the NHL and you're and you're you're clueless. That that doesn't happen. Um, I be, well, I know for sure he had a thirty goal season in junior. I think I believe he had back to back thirty goal. He might have had twenty some. 20 some goals the one year and 30 the next in his final year in junior along, along as being one of the toughest guys in the league. So again, I know it's junior, but still it wasn't like he was some three shift dummy that didn't have a clue. Um, again, in Philadelphia, he knew he had the role to play and got, you know, limited ice time, but, uh, was an effective checker. Um, had a great playoff in Washington when Washington had that big run in the playoffs. He was great. Uh, played all the time, played regular minutes, played all every game. Um, that I think that's indicative right there of he wasn't just some, you know, some goof that uh, you couldn't trust out there and didn't and didn't see the ice in the second half of the game. I mean, I, yeah, like I said, whatever. I'm, I'm sure this list is just going to be all fighters and because they're all just dummies and whatever. So. So anyway, we got Brown and Baruby to start the list. Here we go. Thirteen. Uh Sean Podine. All right. American board Sean Podine. Really drafted by the Oilers in 88. Uh, it was the limited time for a very good Oilers team and would not resign, therefore joined the Flyers. The free agent ninety-four. Podine never saw much ice time at Edmonton. He became a regular in the Flyers lineup and developed a very good checking forward A penalty killer. Okay, so what's the? Although he was good in that sense, he never contributed on the offensive level in over 300 games. Five seed the Flyers here, 92 points in that time span. Uh, after a few unsuccessful seasons offensively, he was traded to Colorado, where he where he again assumed a penalty killing role, and he would lift the cup with the Avalanche in 2 And is known for wearing a unit and is known for wearing his uniform for a full 25 out 25 hours after the win. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that story. Um, yeah, I just. <laughs> He, he became a regular in the line of developing to a very good checking forward, a penalty killer. And this guy's just shitting all over him because he didn't score enough. Well, everyone's got a role, man. Like I, I clearly old George here is like most fanboys that write are hung up on stats, and if you don't have lots of points and goals, you're suck. And like, although he again he admits he's a good penalty, and then he shits on him so. Okay. There you go. Sean Podine at 13. Number 12. Oh, there you go. Brashear. Donald Brashear was a hockey goon, to put it simply, but an effective goon. The winger played for five teams over the course of his career, always in the role of enforcing the league of penalty minutes for six seasons um, and finishing 15th all time in penalty minutes. Other than penalty minutes, Brashear caused much more trouble on the ice, leading to many long-term suspensions. All right. Uh Played four season of Philadelphia in the middle of his career between 0-1 and 0-6. Played two hundred seventy games for the team that was once known as the Broad. What for the team that was once known as the Broad Street Bullies? It was a good fit considering Brashear's sole purpose on the team was to pummel people. He got twenty two goals as a Flyer player while he was beloved by the fans. You have to question the role of enforcers today. Jesus Christ! Well, it's not today. It's oh six oh one to oh six. So what's this guy talking about? This is ten years after he wrote the article. I, uh, George, you've already bugged me and we're at number 12 and you've pissed me off. Uh, Brashear actually was a very good player and played for Team USA in the World Championships. Um, he had like a 40 goal season in the American League to go along with 200 penalty minutes. If you have given Brashear, uh, ice time, again, played a thousand games. You, you don't play a thousand games and be, and, and you're clueless. And Brashear, again, like it or lump it with some people, whatever. He was one of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. Um, You could count in his prime, which wasn't in Philly, you know, in Vancouver, whatever. Um, He was one of the best to ever do it. And, uh, again, whatever this bozo's talking about, you know. Okay, number 12, Donald Brashear. Number 11, Todd, Todd Fedorik. Like I said, it's going to be all fighters, I guess, and Sean Bodine. Uh, not many of you may be familiar with Fedorik. He spent nine seasons in the NHL jumping through six teams uh, in, in that time span. I hope he had good movers. Oh, okay, good one. Um, the Flyers were the team that first drafted him, 164th overall. He made his debut a few years later during the 2000 season. He played 268 games of flyer uniform over four seasons before being traded to Anaheim. Fedorik, like many, like many in the NHL, wasn't afraid to pick up the to pick up the gloves and scrap. When things weren't going, the team's would be dropped the gloves, not pick them up, but okay. To scrap when it wasn't going the team's way. Unfortunately, he experienced some very serious injuries over the course of his career, uh, leading him to be removed off the ice on a stretcher at times. He would only net 13 goals for the Flyers. Um, I love me some Todd Fedorik, so I don't... Know. I'm not going to shit on him. Um, as it was interesting, I can remember Fedoric back in the Western Hockey League when he played with Prince Albert and Kelowna and stuff. Um, he would fight and stuff, but he was never some big 300-minute guy or anything. He was just always a solid checker that would fight. And I think as the, you know, to turn pro and stuff, I think he understood that he needed to, you know, bulk up and assume that enforcer role more. Um that he wasn't junior if he was ever going to make the NHL, which he obviously did. Um, so credit to him. Yeah. I mean, he had some bad luck and I know his face. I mean, he's talked about it. he got tons of screws in it. And I mean, he, yeah, he took some shots, man, but he had, he had some great fights and, uh, you know, it's not like he just was a punching bag or anything. Not at all. Um, I was a huge Fedorik fan when he was with the, well, I was going to say with the Flyers, but all through, I was always just a Fedoric fan. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what what is there to say because he didn't score enough and only had thirteen goals, I guess. So he's uh, he sucks. Okay, I mean, whatever. I just I hope he had good movers. It's like eh, you know, whatever. Guys losing jobs is funny, I guess. I don't, know. I don't like you, George. I don't like I don't like this article already. Number ten, <laughs> Vincent LaCaplia. What? Uh, Flyers made a real bad habit in the modern era of bringing in big-name free agents that necessarily weren't a fit for the team or whose best years were behind them. When Vince showed up, was bought out by Tampa Bay following the, t- the 2012-13 lockout. Many knew that that a sensible approach would have been a short-term deal for Vinny to prove he still had good years left. The Flyers went all in and signed the former captain to a five-year contract worth $22 million. Initially, LeCaville put up decent numbers, scoring 20 goals and 37 points in his first season. However... LeCavillet would find himself getting scratched in subsequent seasons under coach Craig Brewer. He Eventually, he was traded to the Kings, but the Kings only accepted him in a trade when LeCavillet announced he would retire during the 2015-2016 season. Um, uh, all right. I mean, I guess. I, I At this point, I mean, we're talking 2015 se- or whatever. I had stopped watching hockey, so I can't tell you how he played on the Flyers. Um, obviously, a, you know, had a great career. In Tampa, apparently, according to this guy. Uh, or, well, I know he had a great career in Tampa, you know, apparently not in Philadelphia when he got there. Um, clearly, I guess, at the end of his line because he retired after. But, uh, you know, I think he was, he came in, yeah, of course, came in the league right at 18. And, um, I, I don't know. I, well, I, I, like, again, how, I. I mean, I guess I get what he's saying that they, you know, at the they're getting guys at the end of their careers and all that. I mean, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. Vincent Lecavillais is bad. I mean, okay. But anyway, let's get into number nine. Oh, fucking Glenn Cochran, number nine. Oh, this guy can bite me. Cocker really embodied what the Flyers represented in the glory years. Grit, toughness, and a love of fighting. He never really had skill to be a great defenseman. But he really did what the Flyers wanted him to do, which was scare people. He played 10 seasons in the NHL, starting with the Flyers, who drafted him 50th overall. All the way back in 78, he also played for the Canucks, Blackhawks, and Oilers. Uh, the Canadian from Cranbrook, BC, played 257 games to start his career with the Flyers, earning 77 points. But an incredible... 1,110 penalty minutes in the process, which goes to show why Cochran was really on the team. Brushy bullies were, had another bully amongst them. Yeah, I love me some Glenn Cochran. Captain Caveman. Uh, well, what did this guy say? He played 257 games, hit 77 points as a D-man? And, uh, and 1,100 minutes, and you're shitting on this guy? What do you want, man? Come on. Um Cochran was awesome. Um Getting out of his gear and throwing down and wearing the Cooperalls back in the day when the Flyers had the Cooperalls. They had the beard. Like I said, Captain Caveman. Yeah, I'm I'm down with Gly- I have nothing bad to say about Gly- I love me some Glenn Cochran. Um pff, I always laugh at that, uh what is it, his fight with Hector Marini when he catches him. Marini looks like he gets, like it's like you're playing Sega and someone hit the C button and he just goes flying. Um Cochran got into some all time swing outs, man. He I yeah, fuck this guy. Glenn Cochran's awesome. Uh, number eight, <laughs> Peter Spavoda. Well, the first ever Czech to play over a thousand NHL games played for four teams during his career. Montreal Sabres, Flyers, and Lightning Spavoda originally came on the scene the under 18 hockey championships in West Germany from where he defected, like many others, in order to play at a high professional level. <laughs> that same year, he was drafted fifth overall <coughs> by Montreal would win a cup in the 86. Um, His time in Philadelphia was not so successful. The defenseman played 232 games for the team from 94 to 99, uh, getting just 10 goals and not finding the same quality he had in the beginning of his career with the Habs. The Flyers of Trades were to Tampa Bay during the 98-99 season. All right. What am I going to say about Peter Spavota? I don't know. Dude played 1,000 NHL games. We got him on the worst players list, so. Ah, uh, this guy's an idiot. Number seven, Dan Carcillo. Carcillo is known as a pest throughout his career. He's often suspended for dirty hits and in sports like antics. While his pesky style would sometimes prove to be effective in games, he often took alt- untimely penalties, which would end up costing his team at times. Coming to the Flyers in 08, uh, season following a trade with the Coyotes, he would ride the wave of the Flyers' run to the 2010 final. Carcillo was off the Flyers' 13th forward, and his skill on the ice wasn't enough to match his his distracting antics in the summer of 2011. The Flyers chose not to resign him, and Carcillo went on piggybacking on the Blackhawks dynasty winning two Cups in Chicago in 2013 and 2015. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's been no secret on this show, if anybody's followed me or followed me on social media for a while, um, on a personal level, I'm not a Dan Carcillo guy. Him and I, um, had went back and forth and sniped, snipped at each other on social media, on Twitter way back in the day when he was kind of doing the, when he was really kind of going on about the head thing and everything else and the CTE and, and uh, not that I, and I've always said, it wasn't that I disagreed with what he was saying. I disagreed with how he presented it. And uh, I believe he lied about some stuff and went overboard and whatever. And I know he got called out by Bissonette and a lot of guys. I noticed he's kind of sh- gone away now and kind of shied away a little bit. And he certainly isn't the social media presence that he once was. Um, so I never had, I, I didn't respect him for that because um, I've always, I've told the story, he was looking for debate, whatever. And him and I were having, he was, he openly asked some to people to debate him on this. So I started debating him on social media and he quickly just ended up blocking me and whatever, and didn't really have any points to my argument or whatever. Um, Ah, so I just never had any real respect for his position. Um, you know, so, but that's neither here nor there. This point is on the ice. Um, again, he kind of falls into that mid 2000s era. I really wasn't watching hockey anymore. Um, I knew he, I, I don't know why, but I was, I, I think I said on a recent episode that I'd kind of gone down a rabbit hole on Carcillo a little bit and he actually was a better, or his fights were better than I remembered them being. I kind of thought he was like a an Avery... T- oh, maybe he was an Avery type. But I kind of thought he was like that... He wasn't much of a fighter. Although I know he kind of... I would probably pick... He probably got the W over Thornton in that outdoor game. Which bugged the shit on me. I wanted Thornton to smoke him. Um, but I don't know. Carcillo... Uh, I think he actually played pretty good in Philadelphia. Like I think... So I don't know what this guy's talking about. I mean... I think there's a lot worse guys than Carcillo for his brief time in Philadelphia, but um I mean, I have no feeling on him either way as a player. I don't know, but I know from some of the fights I watched, he wasn't that bad. He was swinging pretty good in a couple of them that I saw. So, you know, again, is, you know, is he rivaling Dave Brown for number one all time in Philly? Well, no, but I mean, for the time period, nah, I don't know. They're I mean, he'd probably be King Kong if he played now, who knows, but. Yeah, I, whatever. Number six, Zach Ronaldo. A true modern day goon is one of my my least favorite players of the modern day game. I have a hard time finding a more useless forward in a period in the NHL where fighters on the fourth line are somewhat useless. Ronaldo represents the epitome epitome of uselessness. Oh, this guy's fucking hot at him. All right. Did he not sign George's lunchbox out in the parking lot? Holy shit. Talk about burying a guy. Uh, Flyers originally selected him 178th overall in the sixth round. He made his NHL debut in game five of the first round of the playoffs against the Sabres in two, 2011. He would make the starting lineup the following year as his role of being very clear, be a goon. So a goon he was, and his, and his career was peppered with nasty hits and long suspensions. Ronaldo became one of the most hated NHL enforcers. He would later be traded to the Bruins, who would quickly send him down to the minors after a nasty incident involving defenseman Chris Latang. Um... Alright, I mean, I certainly have no... I actually kind of like Ronaldo, the way he'd run around and hit guys and shit. I mean, I don't know. Um, I could see how people... I could see why people didn't like him. I remember on social media, people on Twitter... I, I remember when I first got on Twitter, it was right, like, kind of in the Ronaldo heyday with the Flyers. Oh, and people cry about him every night, and I would just get it going. and I don't know. He's... uh. He, was, uh, he hit like a truck, I'll give him that. He wasn't a real big guy, but he ran around and hit like a truck, I'll give him that. And that's why I always say with, with stuff like that, because it's because coming from the era that I grew up in and everything else, I watch a Zach Ronaldo and I just kind of, eh, I, yeah, okay, you know. But these new modern day fans watch him and they just think he's the boogeyman and he's crazy and he runs around and all these hits and, oh, he's terrible, he shouldn't be in the league and all this. And it's like, I don't know. Like Wendell Clarky, the guys like that all the time. So I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I never saw anything really wrong with his game. Um, the Latang thing, I can't remember. I can't remember what they're talking about with that. But um, I don't. I fight all right. I mean, you know, he had that big knockout. Was it Crombie that he knocked out? He knocked out somebody pretty stiff. I know that he wasn't playing for Philly at the time, though. I don't think. Um, or maybe he was. I don't know. It's all running together, folks. It's late. It's, uh, 11, it's 11.23 here. Give me a break. Um, and again, I, it's not like I did any research. I'm just finding this list out right now. So I didn't have time to go into the Reza- Zach Ronaldo files on YouTube. But, uh, uh, all right. I mean, I will say out of the list so far that we've named of all the guys, I would say Ronaldo is probably whatever, probably the least skilled out of all the names we've thrown out so far. So, okay. But holy shit, this guy just went off on him. I don't, I don't think he was that bad, but all right. Uh, okay, number five, Chris Terrian. I know that guy. Oh, Sorry, Chris. Actually, I know Chris kind of listens to the show sometimes. Now I feel bad. This isn't my list, Chris. Terry, uh, more commonly known as Bundy, inspired by the character Al Bundy from the sitcom Married with Children, played 12 seasons in the NHL, split time between the Flyers and the Stars. He's still connected with the Flyers today, currently the color commentator for the team on Comcast. Uh, he is also previously a radio color commentator for the Flyers. The Flyers originally drafted the defenseman 47th overall in the 1990 draft. Spent nine and a half seasons with the Flyers before being traded to the Stars. Where he would eventually retire from the NHL. 753 games, the Flyers is actually first amongst defensemen in Flyer history. Well, Really, I didn't know that. Although they definitely weren't the most productive for a defenseman. Earning just 29 goals in a process. Well, fuck, just... <laughs> so he's the all-time Flyers defenseman. It leads a defenseman. And uh, so clearly the Flyers liked his game. He's a stay-at-home, glassing out guy. Um, Right away, oh, he only had 29 goals, though. Well, he wasn't a... he's a defenseman. He was a stay-at-home defenseman that played the man, and clearly Philadelphia liked him enough for 753 games. The guy made a couple million bucks. He's got a pension for life, but this clown says, they only had 29 goals. So I'm going to put him fifth on the worst Flyers list. Okay. I don't know, like I said, I, so technically, I get, I, I guess I'm picking at nits here, but it's, uh, if you were air quotes the worst, would you play, wouldn't you have like very minimal games? Cause they'd be like, this guy's the shits, get him out of here. Would that not be what this list should be if you're picking the worst players? Not a guy that is the all time, def- leads the flyers and defensemen in games played. If he was that bad, would he lead the flyers and games played? No. You know what? Hear what I'm saying. I don't know. It's late. I've had a bunch of beer, and I'm rambling. But this is just ridiculous. Um, Sorry, Chris. Of course, Chris. Uh, also, a commentator on Ice Wars, and um, I've had the I've had the pleasure of meeting him at both when I was in Edmonton uh, for Ice Wars one and two, and I uh, talked to him for a little while. He's a good dude. He's always been cool with me. Follows me on social media. We interact on social media. Um, I don't know. Just wrote a book. Um, I know he's actually, in you know, in all seriousness, um, he did have some, uh, obviously some alcohol issues and, uh, some addiction issues off the ice, which he has overcome and he has written a book about it and, um, good for him and he's clean and sober and I see him on social media a lot, uh, really getting into, um, the recovery life and helping others and, uh, yeah, he's a good dude, man. So again, uh, George, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. Number 4, Eric Weinrich. What's this guy with his D here? Incredibly long career, 17 NHL seasons on eight different teams, probably not the best sign for looking for player Okay, hold on. Weinrich had an incredibly long career playing 17 total NHL seasons with eight different teams. Probably not the best of signs when looking at a player's quality. Okay, he was originally selected at the 1984 draft of the Sabres, but the pick was deemed invalid due to the fact that he was too young to eligible for the draft. He therefore was redrafted the following year by the Devils. And there's, that's where his journey NHL began. It's time that the Flyers are short and sweet, joined the team in 01 and then was traded after the 04 All-Star game. Uh, to the Blues. Weinrich would play his 1,000th NHL game with the Flyers pretty much the only impressive thing that happened to Weinrich during his few years in Philly. Jesus, this guy is just... Oh. Uh, guy plays 17 years in the NHL and eight teams. And it's, oh, it's because he was a shit that's why he got to play. Oh. Uh. Somebody, well, somebody should tell him. Gretzky played on four teams. Like, uh, you know, Jesus. Um... If you're a free agent and you're looking for money, you're going to chase it or whatever. Like, there's lots of reasons why you play on different teams. It wasn't because, oh, he a shit, let's get rid of this guy. Again, if you're bad, you don't play, right at the start, an incredibly long career of 17 total seasons. Well, if you're that bad, you don't have incredibly long careers. Oh, this guy, this guy doesn't know whether to friggin' scratch his watch or wind his ass. Holy shit. Number three, Dan Kordick. Well, once again, George, you can kiss my ass. Dan Cordick only played six se- only played six seasons in the NHL, all of them coming at the Flyers. Like many players, he, had, he, had, he fortunately found, found their way on the list. Cordick was first and foremost an enforcer. This time at the Flyers was mostly spent with the big club and in the minors. In six seasons, Cordick only managed to suit up for 197 games, scoring just four goals and earning eight assists, but 584 penalty minutes. Uh His most successful season with the Flyers was 96-97 where Dan LaQua and Scott Daniels teamed up with Kordik to form the Dan line. A tough, gritty fourth line that would go on the ice just to stir the pot. And he would lead the team in Pims that year and the next year with 210 penalty minutes in both years. Um, yeah, 197 career games. Uh, uh yeah, Cordick's, uh career was, hey, he still played 197 NHL games. But, uh, yeah, overall it was uh, kind of, you know, short and sweet. Um. Again, another guy that I met, he was a judge at Ice Wars too, obviously, because they needed another judge in Therian. It was at Edmonton, and that's where Dan Cordick lives, and he, he uh, actually coaches the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, he's an assistant coach there, helps them out. And uh, But I guess if you're a real shitty player, they you know wouldn't ask you to coach or anything. Uh, but uh, obviously, Therian knew him and, and got him to come down, and uh, I talked to him for a little while, and uh, nice guy. Um I brought it up before, but he, he did say his toughest fight ever was against Jerry Fleming in Fredericton. Um, for those are curious to know, but, uh, I'm down with Dan Cordick, man. He played Medicine Hat, big D man. I like, I got some old Medicine Hat fights of him. He's cool as shit. I'm, I like, and I loved his brother John. And, um, I don't know. I don't, I'm down with Dan Cordick, man. I'm, number two, Riley. Oh, fuck. Fuck you, George. Riley Cote, number two. Let's keep the goons. Oh, let's keep the goons coming up next. Riley Cote, who played just four NHL seasons, all of them with the Flyers. Originally going undrafted, Cote originally impressed the Leafs coaching staff at training camp. And they decided to keep him for on a one-year contract. He played the next couple seasons in the junior before joining the Flyers. After having played two training camps, he only played 156 games in Philadelphia. Then just a col- one goal in the process against... Then rookie goalie, Kerry Price. I mean, if you're going to score just one NHL goal, I'm sure a lot of people would want it to be against Kerry Price. Uh, Riley Cote never truly destined to be a great NHL forward, and the fact that he even had a chance to play some hockey in the best league in the world is a surprise in itself. All in all, though, definitely one of the Flyers' worst players in history. <sighs> okay. Again, I love me some Riley Cote. Nice guy. I've talked to him on social media a bunch of times. Um, I think I need to get on the, I know he has his own podcast and stuff, but I need to get him on this show. Um, watched him play junior with Prince Albert Raiders. He was the captain of the Raiders, 20 goal guy, and actually was never a big fighter in junior, to be honest. He'd fight a few times, but he was never like, old oh, 35, 40 fight guy, especially at that time period, you know, in the late nineties, you know, when you, you know, sneeze and you can get into a fight. Um, yeah, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he wasn't a huge fight guy in junior, but, um, knew that's how he was going to make the NHL. And that's what got him in the NHL. And he bulked up and went all in and, uh, fought his way through the minors and, and the American league. And I don't know. I, I, he was an action fighter. I mean, you know, was he the heavyweight champ or anything? No, but I mean, always exciting. with fought everybody's fight card was awesome. I mean, one, I, I know he won the Calder down in the America or not Calder. um, yeah, is not the Calder Cup in the American League? They won the championship in the American League anyway because I know he's, Josh Gratton was on the team too. They had a super tough team that year. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I love me some Riley Cote. He's awesome. Number one, uh, Ila Berzaloff. Uh when you, when you look at the contract you receive with the expectations were from Brigzalov, it's hard to put someone over him. The main reason the Flyers haven't won a Stanley Cup in 40 years is because they routinely have gotten mediocre goaltending. Yeah, that's why I always say why Lindros is. ice when everybody couldn't win the big one, I'm like, well, do you want Lindros to play net too? Like, what else do you want him to do? Uh, Which has come back to bite them many times in the playoffs. The Flyers throughout there solved the problem they acquired Regaloff rights. The Coyotes they promptly signed to a nine-year, fifty-one million dollar contract. Is uh, is it was more known for his memorable quotes in Philly than his play on the ice that drove Flyers into the ground. After choosing the Phillies, the Flyers exercised a compliance buyout on the Breeze Regaloff. His Flyers career ended with a two-point-six goals against. No, it's not actually that bad. What stands out most in his tenure is how bad he was in the playoffs in 2012. He failed, failed to do what the Flyers brought him in to do, recording a 3.46 goals against and only an 8.87 save percentage in 11 playoff games. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Um, I wasn't watching, and I'm not going to talk about goalies. I have no idea. I, although, 2.6 goals against, it's just not bad, isn't it? I don't know. It seems, seems good to me. But, uh, yeah, I know he's kind of a weirdo. I know he's got some, you, you see his quotes over the years and stuff. But apparently, I don't know, he was funny. But some of his teammates are like, yeah, no, he was really like that. He wasn't really playing. So, but they're goalies. They're flaky, whatever. So, yes, he was number one. But, uh yeah, there you go. The 15 worst Philadelphia Flyer players ever, according to George Menex of The Sportster. Yeah, that was... uh that might actually have been the worst list I've ever done on this show. Um, yeah, this George guy. If anybody knows George out there, tell him Darren at the 4th Line Voice said you can kiss my ass. Um, yeah, that was brutal. Uh, yeah, like I said, if you're if you're bad, you wouldn't play long. I, You know, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth there, George. But anyway, I know I got a lot of Flyer fans out there that uh, that are listeners. So I, I wanted to, uh, you know, we'll get mad at that list together. But uh, anyway, guys, it is 1130 at night here on Saturday night. And we got an hour, man, hour and a half. I really, yeah, Tony, you're right. I did, I do rant. Well, it's not that I didn't know that I ramble. I definitely circle the drain, don't I? Um, yeah, but I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about Saturday night. Wife's upstairs doing report cards, and I'm just hanging out, looking out the looking out in the darkness out the window, and having a few beers and talking with you guys. I enjoy it, so I guess I'll ramble. So, anyway, I'm getting out of here. Thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, and and seriously though, I, like I always say, um, tr- truly, I know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts to listen to. The fact that you took time out and listened to mine. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me on social media, I'm on Facebook. I, I always forget. I'm actually on Instagram now too. Fourth Line Voice THPN. Like the Hockey Podcast Network. Fourth Line Voice THPN um, on Facebook. Fourth Line Voice and on Twitter or X. Um, yeah. And my DMs are open as the kids say. So feel free to drop me a, a, a private message and uh, tell me about the show. Good, bad, or otherwise. I'd love to hear if you have an idea for the show or if you want to come on the show um and talk about something tell me what you want to talk about And yeah for sure we'll hit we'll pick a time and we'll hit record and away we go i'll have i love having fellow fight fans on clearly and uh yeah i want to hear your story and uh and your opinions and we can go back and forth on them and let's well, who are your worst players yeah no we can talk about anything you want so um yeah let me know or if you just want to bullshit or uh you know whatever I'd love to hear from you, and if you're not on social media, you can email me at HockeyFights, all one word, HockeyFights, at Hotmail.com. Yeah, drop me a line, and uh, definitely, I'll get back to you. But uh, with that, folks, I'll head upstairs, see how the report cards are going. Maybe I'll add some comments to them. Yeah, get rid of this one, start over. I probably shouldn't have that comment, but uh. <laughs> anyway, folks. Uh, I got to get up early and go into work for some overtime to pay for this Costco bill So that the wife was eyeing up the TVs too. So oh, Yeah, I better I might be staying a while tomorrow. So you have to go to bed here But uh anyway folks, thank you very much for tuning in and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks everybody